0: Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lead Hership Global. We are so excited that you have joined us today on the Lead Hership Global podcast You'll meet thought provoking and dynamic leaders. You'll have discussions that push you and inspire you and create connections with other change makers. Learn more about our supportive, confidential, and trusting community of other influential, recognizable, and highly connected business leaders on our website, Lead Hership Global. Now, today, you have the opportunity to learn the insider secrets that will equip you as a leader to positively impact your team and your clients. Although there are many traits necessary to effectively lead teams, we're going to focus on just four primary traits necessary for positive leadership. Number one, vision casting and sharing. Number two, listening to show you care. Number three, servanthood. And number four, leading with your heart. I'm so excited that you have tuned in today to join us as Michelle Beauchamp, CEO of the Champ Group, explains how to explore your strengths, improve areas of weakness, and through a journey of inner discovery, transform your former ineffective habits into new behaviors that enrich relationships and increase productivity. Whether you're struggling with initiating a difficult conversation, or perhaps your team struggles with working cohesively, the four primary traits necessary for positive leadership will help you refresh and flourish. Now, let me tell you just a little bit about Michelle. Michelle Beauchamp, the CEO of The Champ Group, has a passion to help others grow and unleash their inner champ. As an executive director on the Maxwell Leadership Team, she's a certified speaker, trainer, and coach. Michelle's 25 years in corporate America as a sales leader, combined with her more than 10 years as an entrepreneur, has equipped her to help others explore their strengths, improve areas of weakness, and through a journey of inner discovery, transform their former ineffective habits into new behaviors. Michelle combines leadership skills with supporting clients to journey through diversity, equity, and inclusion, and her leadership development teaching fosters an understanding of appreciating uniqueness to create inclusive and productive cultures. Whether leaders struggle with initiating difficult conversations, or teams struggled to work at a high-performing level, Michelle is pleased to partner with both individuals and companies to help them thrive. She's also a master facilitator with the American Management Association. Michelle, we are so thrilled to welcome you here today. Thank you so much. Wow. Linda,
1: (laughs) thank you so much for inviting me to be on our program today. And you have a special way that you introduce people. You're making me feel really special. so.
0: (laughs) So thank you for that wonderful introduction. It's such an honor to have you here on the program, Michelle. And honestly, it's our privilege to be able to listen and learn from you. So thank you for so generously providing your time to help all of us understand how to really positively influence a people-centric team. So the very (laughs) first question is really about your journey to this place of knowledge and insight and wisdom. How did you develop this passion around positively influencing people-centric teams and helping leaders really create a very healthy workplace? Yeah, thank
1: you. I think that it would, I would say it started because I've been, I've had a lot of corporate experience, right? And throughout my many years in in corporate experience, and I've had a lot of experience as an entrepreneur as well. So corporate, entrepreneur, corporate, now entrepreneur for good, right? And the experiences that I had, the older I got, the more mature I became, and the more I learned, the more I understood how people, could function and produce better if there were an environment that showed that they care. And, you know, that really sparked my commitment to, you know, creating a business, The Champ Group, like you said, where I unleash unleash your inner champion, right? Um, that just really sparked me to to make sure that I provided tools to people to help them succeed. So I really want to help leaders Be more prepared, feel more confident to be able to give feedback in a positive way. So, in other words, equipping leaders and also preparing employees to speak up for themselves and and understand what their leaders want them to do, be willing to, to say, I don't understand this, and feel safe in saying that, so that they can have a collective and collaborative organization. So, that's
0: my mission. I love that, Michelle. Thank you so much for giving us a little sneak peek into what led you down this path and along this journey to really help influence positively people-centric teams. Now, initially, you said that there are you know, four primary traits necessary for positive leadership. And I know that in listening, being a, a big fan of yours and listening to your teachings, It's really focused on this idea of vision casting and sharing, Mm -hmm. listening to really show that you care, servanthood and being a servant leader, and then really leading with your heart. So can you tell us a little bit about those four primary traits and how they show up?
1: Absolutely. You know, when I was in corporate America, I knew what my job was. I knew what my role was. I didn't really get the big picture. And sometimes I felt like I didn't belong. So, you know, my whole thing is let's help people feel like they belong. Right. Um, so I didn't understand exactly what the big picture is. And I used to wonder sometime, is it because they don't want to tell us? So there was a lack of trust or is it because it might change? <laughs> so they don't want to tell us because it might change and then it might be frustrating or is it because they they don't want us to know? So there there just wasn't clarity for me. So one of the things that I really try and help people do, leaders do, is first of all, have the vision, right? I mean, <laughs> if you're a leader, you do have a vision. But I have found that leaders keep the vision to themselves too much. So when you share the vision, Um, then people can see the big picture because that's what a leader's job is. You know, John Maxwell says, a leader sees more and before, right? So when you have your picture, share it with your team and not only share it with your team, but help them understand how, what they do, what their role is. Like I said, I knew my role, but I didn't get how it was going to benefit or really contribute to the big overall picture. So share the vision and share how what they do matters. People, when they spend as much time at work as they do, they want to know that my work matters, right? In other words, I belong here. My work matters. I have something to offer. My company values my knowledge and my experience, and they're going to give me more experience so that I can continue to help them experience success. So that's what I mean by vision sharing, vision sharing, vision casting. Very important. So that's one that. part. Yeah. Um, and another part, so, I, you know, listening and communication, those go hand in hand. And, and what I want to say is that some, some traits that are not listed as much, but are so important for all of these, one is humility. I really try and help leaders. And by the way, I've had to learn this myself, to recognize that it's not about us. <laughs> and so that's why when you are pre- creating the vision, then you're helping people understand what their role in it is, then that's what it is for me. So people want to know what's in it for me, right? I I say that a lot. The old radio station WIIFM, what's in it for me, but that's what people want to know. So That's humility. Don't make it about you and what you need to do and what your company needs to do. Make it about them so they can buy into that. Right. And then, you know, another part of it, too, is vulnerability. I mean, you know, I've studied Brene Brown a lot and she has really showed me how to be vulnerable. You know, when I was leading a team, I remember when I first became a leader, I thought that I needed to have all the answers. And I quickly realized I didn't <laughs> and and more importantly, what I also started to understand is they had experience too. so so we could together use our experience and come up with the best plan and the best strategy and share and experience our vision together. So those are a couple of of kind of side traits that I like to discuss. but you know communication and you'll probably ask me some more about it, but and listening and and you know what? It's it requires a lot of energy to listen, doesn't it? And the fact that we are in such a virtual environment now. I mean, listening, I think, was always a challenge, even when you were in a room with someone. But now on the screen, you could you could easily get distracted. (laughs) Easily get distracted and multitask. So listening, when we really stop and think about it, when we listen and we can feed back to the person what it is that they said, then we're developing a relationship we're connecting because they know that we heard them they know that we understood them we fed it back to them you know and that's going to tie back to communication and that's going to tie back to asking questions and so all of these are components that I like to talk about and last and certainly not least is empathy empathy um when i was growing up in the corporate america linda it was a long time ago and and empathy was not even thought about. It was kind of like the message was like, you know what, leave your emotions at the door. When you come through these doors, your your goal is to get the work done um, on time and under budget. <laughs> and in my world, it was always sales. So it's always make your quota, right? <laughs> so empathy was not usually included, hardly ever. And so one of the things that I know is difficult for leaders who've been around a while is to understand that now what employees want is like you said, they wanna be heard, they wanna be understood and they wanna be felt, right? And so that's another area that I really like to help leaders understand. And I know it's not, might not be natural and it's certainly not easy and automatic, but over time when we focus and are intentional about it, then we start to show the empathy.
0: I love that, Michelle. I agree. Empathy is such an incredibly fundamental, really pivotal trait that it doesn't necessarily come naturally to all leaders. So it's something you have to be very purposeful and intentional in cultivating in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I also love what you said about listening to show you care. I often say that the most impactful gift you can give anyone is your presence, fully, completely focused on the other person, listening to them, being present with them, being with them, body, mind, soul, so that they know that they you're not just listening to them, you're hearing them. Yes. You understand their emotions. You understand the complexity of what they're describing. You understand right. who they are and, and how a, a particular situation might impact them. So I love all of that. Now, you also talk about servanthood. Can you dive into that idea of servanthood a little bit? We've all heard about servant leadership. Right, right. What is servanthood? How would you define that? And how does that show up?
1: It makes you feel, it's kind of going to go back to the WIFM, right? When we have a servanthood mindset and we operate in a servanthood leadership style, then we're not here to direct other people on what to do. Yes, at the end of the day, they're looking to us for direction for sure. But when we are ha- have a servanthood mindset and heart, then our function, our goal, is to help them achieve their goal and help them get to their potential. Um, and you know that's a big message in the John Maxwell group too. I was just there for a conference. Early a few weeks ago, and servanthood leadership is is all about the people, right? It's all about leading with your heart, like you said, and 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 understanding that people first, people first, then the task, right? Because when people know that you're there to serve them, first of all, that's a flip, because sometimes they think, you know, I got to do what my boss says when they say it. And I was just actually just doing some training yesterday, and one person said, you know what? I remember. When um, I saw some things that my boss was doing, um, and I knew it wasn't right, but I didn't speak up because you know that was my boss. So a servant leader will say, you know, tell me, do you agree with this? If not, like safe space, it's okay. I don't have all the answers. So that's what servanthood leadership means: is listening to our people, empathizing with them. If they come to work that day and they feel like they're just not feeling that good, we have to understand what it is and be willing to say, okay. You know, we, we don't always feel our best. So do what you can and, and make the right decisions to make sure you protect your health. And that's another thing that servant leaders do is they they go back, they care about their people. So one, you know, another term phrase that's really popular now is well-being. And servanthood leaders are leaders who are empathetic and are definitely acknowledging their people's well-being. Cause guess what I know for sure. Everybody has something going on, right? Aside from work, right? Because we have this thing called life <laughs> and and things happen in our life, right? And so servant leaders have to understand that people have a life. The work is one thing they do and it's a means to an end. Hopefully they're in work that they feel as though they do have a purpose and they are making a difference. But there is this thing called life and a servant leader will acknowledge it and understand it. And you know what it all comes down to treating people with respect and letting people know that you care.
0: I love that. That's so smart, Michelle. And you know, this all seems like common sense and it all seems like, oh, this should be easy. But we know that leaders often struggle with that because they're also uh, responsible for being able to make an impact for the business they're exactly. responsible for being able to significantly advance the goals and objectives of the company. True. So while they are being held accountable for significant goals and objectives and, uh, you know, very ambitious financial plans, they also have to, uh, work with other people in a very empathetic, uh, servant hearted way, uh, with quite a bit of humility. And I will say, the best leaders I've ever worked with, the best leaders I've ever learned from were incredibly humble. They never shined the spotlight on their own accomplishments and achievements, but they always lifted up those around them and just bathed them with accolades and thanks and praise and honor For all the contributions of the individuals of the team, or maybe Mm -hmm. as the collective, as the team itself. 100%.
1: I agree with you. Yeah, that's when I can think about some of my better leaders, it's been leaders who they took me into consideration. They gave me projects that they trusted me with, but they didn't take that, they didn't try and take away the spotlight. They tried and they did help me shine. And what that does is it gives people confidence and helps them believe in themselves, right?
0: And when you can shower that person privately and publicly with praise, with acknowledgement, with some sort of verbal validation of their talent and skill, it can just go so far. That's what people remember in their careers. But where do you find that most people stumble? Michelle, you've been able to coach and teach and train huge organizations, individual leaders, You've seen so many different kinds of companies and corporations and businesses and teams that work really well and teams that are incredibly dysfunctional. When you're evaluating the leadership where maybe there is a team that is not performing well, where Mm. do you find the biggest missteps?
1: Yeah, that's a a good question. I'm going to say it starts with the leader not being clear on what their role is. You know, um, like you said, leaders it's it's hard being a leader because you've got your leader <laughs> having expectations of you, right? So it always goes downhill. They say right. so so leaders, <laughs> leaders have a lot of a lot of expectations and they and they have a lot expected from them. So I would say when I see teams that are kind of fledgling and not not all going in the same direction, it's because the leader isn't feeling confident in their own abilities. Um, and and they get so busy and so buried in what it is they're trying to accomplish. I have to say they're ignoring their people. I mean, you know, I, I see so much information, especially over this last year, right, um, about people not feeling as though they can trust each other. They're feeling as though they don't really know what's going to come next, So the leaders have not been communicating with their people. And that's the biggest downfall, I think. I saw a statistic recently that said that collaboration, only 32% of people in a survey, I think this was a Gallup poll, said that they are engaging, 32%. And a lot of this has to do with uh, working in a virtual environment or a hybrid environment. But the collaboration is really low. Uh, everybody's feeling, I think, too much pressure to get stuff done in a short amount of time, many times because of COVID, doing extra work, not enough employees, right, to do the work that's necessary. So I'm going to go back to leadership starts at the top. And when the leader's not functioning well or confident or communicating well, then the teams start to falter.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And how do you begin to uh, reveal to a leader that, you know, that this is maybe a blind spot that they have? They may feel like, no, what are you talking about? I'm incredibly transparent. I communicate all the time. In fact, if anything, I over communicate, and you have to reveal to them, in fact, what you're communicating may be off point. It may not be strategic. It may not be related to the fears and concerns of the employee base. It may not be necessarily helping the team feel connected and cohesive and able to move forward with a unified vision of what needs Mm -hmm. to be accomplished. So how do you begin revealing some of those blind spots to leaders so that they can improve?
1: Yeah. Uh, One way is through surveys. I mean, you know, their surveys they don't they don't lie, right? I mean, especially if they're anonymous. When the surveys are anonymous, then people feel comfortable and safe that they can tell the truth. So a lot of times when we do surveys, um, then the companies start to say, "Really?" That's there's always such a gap, right? I mean, the leaders always think we're we're here, and the and the employers are like, "No, we're here." <laughs> so the best way to be able to show that is surveys. So I love that. Also the 360 surveys sometimes, you know, those are kind of hard to take, but they tell the truth because what we need to understand is what's real, not what's imagined. So to answer that question, it's doing surveys um, and engagement surveys. I do a lot of DEI surveys and, and that's always a surprise. The leaders are always surprised with what the employees say, surprised, usually in a disappointing way. And here's the thing, now we know. So now that we know then we can put a plan together to move forward. And that's really what it's about. And um, what I'm really trying to work with people on, really it's about self-awareness. So, you know, when you realize and you have permission that you might've screwed up on something um, and you say, I kind of screwed up on that, you're going to still live to tell about it. And people are going to trust you. That goes back to vulnerability. People are going to trust you because you said, I kind of screwed up on this. So let me, let me, Back, you know, go back and then restart and let me re, you know, let me unlearn so I can relearn so I can do it the right way this time, right? (laughs) So, so getting the getting, giving permission, getting information, looking in the mirror, getting self awareness, really having some reflection. Um, you know, and a lot of that does come from the coaching. It's like the inner, like we already know, but we might not want to say. So, again, it's being safe and recognizing that. You're not perfect because nobody's perfect. And so, you know, get off of that ladder and come back down to earth, look in the mirror. Because guess what? There are a lot of really great qualities about each of us. And all of us have areas that we need to improve upon. We we have to be willing to improve. So a lot of it has to do with willingness. Now, sometimes people are told that they have to go through coaching and so they know they have to change. And others, they were told it um, and some don't want to, so if they feel like a prisoner, um, but usually what I have found is people, when they, when they get in a situation where they're in training and they're in coaching, most people really want to do their best. And so, and I try and make, I just really, I try and make it a safe space. I talk a lot about my own experiences, lots of things that I didn't do right. And then what I learned from it and how I turned it around and I never turned around by myself either, by the way. So
0: that helps a lot, uh, helps. I think all of us understand how we can become more self-aware and some of the tools that we can use to help uncover some of our blind spots. Now, if you are a leader who feels like, no, I have cast a very strong vision and I have shared that vision effectively and I listen to my people and I show them I care through my listening and I'm all about the people that report to me and I'm very much a servant-hearted leader and I lead with my heart. But the survey comes back and says, in fact, you have a lot of growth ahead of you in, say, listening, uh, that people don't feel as though you're listening. They don't feel like you're fully present. They don't feel like you really care about not just the words being said, but the motion behind the words and, Mm and sort of them as a whole person and everything that's happening in their life. And that's a miss for you. Then what can you do as a leader to begin to move down that journey? of improving and growing and advancing in whatever skill levels uh, you're at to ensure that you're able to create positive leadership for your team and your organization? So I think a couple of things. One
1: thing that I like to do is uh, disc assessments. And the one that I really like uh, for people in business is a communication assessment. And we have one called the John Maxwell Report. And I was just going over one with somebody yesterday. And it is so revealing. I mean, see, we think we know how we are, but then we took our own assessment and here's what it said. (laughs) And so it tells us. So one thing that I'd like to recommend is to do a disc assessment for yourself. And then when it's most effective is when the team does it so that the team can learn how to communicate better because some people are going to be more dominant, the D. Other people are going to be more inspirational and influential, the I. Some are going to be steady and supportive, the S. And some are going to be critical and compliant, the C. And so there are some things that one person might love to do that drives another style crazy. So they conflict, they don't interact As much as they should be because they get on each other's nerves so i really like to be able to do that disc for each person that's that's a a really good tool um because it helps them understand each other when we understand each other more we can say oh that's why you do what you do right and you don't get mad with them you don't get so annoyed with them you understand them more and then it goes back into that empathy thing Once you understand someone, their feelings, then you can do a better job engaging with them because now you understand. The other thing that I would say for the leader who's getting this feedback and it's kind of hard to take is really to spend the one-on-one time with their each with their employees. You know, I, I know that it's hard, but to be to what what's really important to be able to be consistent is to have a weekly one-on-one. I mean, it could be 15 minutes, it's not that long, but what it does is it allows you the opportunity to have some one-on-one time with that person. First of all, you get to understand what's going on in their work world, but also it's not just about work. Like I said, people have this thing called life. And so it gives you an opportunity to be able to say, so you know, how's your daughter doing in soccer? Or you mentioned that your spouse was doing this. So it gives you an opportunity to stay connected with them, Um, So that the next time around, I actually have a client that sent me their most recent uh, client engagement survey. And I was shouting with joy because it was awesome. And what that told me is that they paid attention to the first survey that we did. They put several programs in place um and and you know what there's not a gap i mean what they've worked toward doing is what the employees are experiencing and they're happy so it's a process right it doesn't happen overnight and so one of the things we have to realize is that we it's a journey life is a journey right i mean we're not it's not going to change overnight rome wasn't built in a day but when we take steps along the way then we see the progress so we're not looking for perfection we're
0: looking for progress. I love that. That is perfect. Well, Michelle, I feel like I could talk to you about this all day. You are such a wealth of knowledge and insight. And I so appreciate your expertise and sharing with us so generously your perspective. But okay. I do need to wrap up our conversation, sadly. Okay. So, one last question for you. I feel like the entire conversation, honestly, was one big leadership lesson, which I'm so grateful for. But if you had one, just one piece of leadership advice that you would pass along to all of our listeners, what would that be?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Before I answer that, I just have to tell you this. When you were talking about presence, how important that is, it reminded me of my mom. She used to always say, my present is your presence. And I always thought that was so awesome. She's like, don't worry about getting me anything. Just be here with me. And so that's so powerful. I think for me, a lesson that the I leadership lessons I learned is not to try and do it alone. You know, um, the the power of partnerships. Ask for help. Be willing to ask for help. Raise your hand and say, you know, I don't get this. <laughs> I need some help. Can you come help me with this? Um, because what I also find is that for the most part, people really want to help each other, right? That's what I would say would be one powerful piece of advice that I always try and practice is raise your hand, ask for help, and uh develop some, some partnerships with people.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today where we have the opportunity to speak about positively influencing a people centric team with Michelle Bouchamp. I tell you, she is just so wise, so influential, so inspirational. I am so grateful for Michelle and her willingness to share her expertise with all of the Leadership Global audience. So thank you so much, Michelle. And for all of you in the listening audience, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Thank you, Linda. Imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women. Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy.